You're tuned in to the Three Pixels Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Three Pixels Podcast, episode number four. Yep, we're all still very much stuck at home, but we're making the best of it. And uh, before we get into today's topic, I have to introduce, by law apparently, my co-hosts, otherwise they get very angry at me. Um, let's start with Darviana. how are you? Hey, I'm doing good, thanks. How are you? Doing well, doing well, staying healthy, as always. Martin, hello, how are you? Hello, I'm great. Thank you very much, Ben. It's always a pleasure to, to hear, hear from you and see you, always. Okay, so what are we talking about in this episode? Apple and Google announced an unprecedented project to track and halt the spread of the coronavirus through their iOS and Android devices. The project would use Bluetooth signals to track who participants have been in contact with, potentially providing an automatic anonymous form of contact tracing. Now, before we go into a little bit further, I hear you guys asking, but what about privacy? We're saying it's anonymous. How can that be the case? Well, the app will not work if the phone screen was turned off or if an app other than the contact tracer was being used at the same time. It will require the screen to be active all the time, which sounds good, but keep in mind that will rapidly run down your battery life if you had it open all the time and would leave users' personal data at risk if their phone was stolen while the app was in use because you can't lock your phone and use the thing at the same time. So Apple have said that this is because their standard of privacy that they're demanding is a decentralized system. Your data is not stored on a server, but is stored locally on the device itself. This has actually already been met with problems like the UK's NHS, which wants to build a coronavirus app by storing data in a centralized system on a server, something Apple will not stand for. That's the basics, that's the gist of it. We could go into all the technical details of how it works. Um, the simple answer is it's using Bluetooth, uh, the one of the newer forms of Bluetooth, to track other devices which have been near the device in question that you're using, and then use that then to determine out of those people who's come in contact with the coronavirus, and then build a likelihood of, are you likely to have caught it because you've been in the same areas where the coronavirus is? That's the gist of it. South Korea have used for a while similar technologies. Um, they started work on this during the last coronavirus, which it helped them track down people that they knew had come into contact and get those people tested and treated. They're having a, a very different view of the use of the technology. Their view is to track everyone and to build a, a centralized system and then use that to defeat the virus. Apple and Google obviously are trying to um, be very careful with how they do this, to try and keep people's data safe. Now, do we think this is a good idea before we go into any more discussions? Martin? By the time they roll it out, you'd hope that uh, would be closer to the answer of how to solve the coronavirus crisis. And I feel like by the time this does come out, it will have very little effect. So that, that's my personal opinion on, on the actual app. South Korea built theirs on the last coronavirus, which didn't spread as quickly across the world, um, but did affect them very much. Um, so the thought is that this probably won't be the last time that we'll see something like this and the next thing might spread just as quickly. So the thought is to put something in place now that helps for the future. Is it fair game that our privacy should be up for grabs to keep us safe from pandemics? Well, yeah, I, I believe it, it is. I mean, you know, you need to get to know the person, you know, look at like um, with previous illnesses, 
uh, like smallpox, uh, as well as like the Black Plague. People wanted to know who you were, what your orientation was, and where you lived. That's how they eventually solved like the the problem why some people got the disease and why some people didn't. And I feel like you need to make some sort of portfolio on people, and if that uses some personal information, I'm I'm sure overall if that means we stop the virus at its core or we can slow down the progress of the infected people I'm I'm fair game to that personally Would you be against a centralised system having a database of that information stored? Not fully, no if, if I knew that it was going to be used for this purpose and only this purpose then I'd be more than happy but if it was something that I uh, that there was like evil intent or over intent towards for the database of different people's uh, personal uh, details, then obviously not. But if we, but we don't know as the common people what is their full intent. But obviously, uh, Apple have a great track record. When you uh, work with someone like Apple, I have very strong backing between both of them, and it's nice to see that two companies who we've always thought were rivals can sort of come together, collab, and make something great for humanity. And thus, that's why I feel like if this project was going to go ahead, then this is going to be only used for good. And if any personal information was needed or collected, I'm sure that'd be stored and not tampered or used in a malicious attempt. Is it right that we have our privacy possibly encroached upon? And um, if so, is a on-device system or a centralized server a better place for this? So to me, this sounds like a debate between personal interest versus public good. And I think that my gut reaction is that the public good should win out over personal interest. However, once we start looking deeper at what this kind of a system could be used for, it starts to get a little scarier. And... I think that I would feel safer using this kind of a system if I could trust that my data would be stored in a centralized system by a party that would not necessarily benefit monetarily from it. So for example, if this data was being stored by the government, however, I foresee this kind of system being abused and getting into the hands of companies who can use this for monetary gain. Yeah, I mean, looking at the US, we've already kind of seen insurance companies deciding to not cover people who have got the coronavirus. So, But what if those companies, even the ones that are considering now, decide, oh, well, hang on, You've been in this area where there's been a few cases. Why did you go there? Because uh, you've gone there. I think that that's um, not acceptable. I think that that's you being dangerous or you're doing you're doing something that's that's against our rules. You you're you're not going to be covered anymore because you've been in that place. And I feel more like like a watchdog style system. You know, uh, everything's linked. Everything everything's watching you and judging you on the decisions you make. And then you lose the humanity in it in a certain way. Or even less extreme than not being covered, your insurance could just go up because you're doing unsafe, according to the company, Mm -hmm. behaviors. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of a scheme that I saw my stepfather go through 
where he was able to get money off his insurance by proving that he walked a certain number of steps every single day with a pedometer. And so he was able to get money off to prove that he is acting in a healthy way. And I could see something like that happening very easily where, say for example, you spent more than 30 minutes outside your house today, so your insurance is going to go up or something along those lines. Or you came into contact with more than 10 people today, so your insurance is going to go mm -hmm. up. Or something something like that. I feel what Darby's touched on is uh, actually a really good point. I think when you take that sort of humanization out of it, that sort of, it goes to that cold calculated of machines and numbers. And if there is like a stat block of saying, well, well, Martin, we, we've seen that you've you've done, like, I don't know, 35 minutes outside your house. Oh, and you were in this area, but you should have known that there was 22 cases of this coronavirus around there. I think, you know, I could I my reason could be, I don't know, I went over there for a walk because I do that every day. But all of a sudden, that's no longer um, allowed. And I could be ill-informed of these things, as well as there could be a perfectly good reason why I've gone somewhere. Say, so, I don't know, I know that funerals are a thing you can participate in as long as it's immediate family and if you go to one of them they could just say hang on you're in this uh, church with 20 odd people in there how much immediate family do you really have and if I was in the US yeah my insurance would go up or even in the NHS they could possibly I'm not saying this this would happen but they could say around decide them, on the cover you have yeah absolutely you know they could say actually well you're a, you're a danger and realistically um, we want to spend more time with people who were who uh, restricted themselves better and who followed our advice more than you. But, you know, things could be out of my, my, out of my hands and out of my control on a particular day and you could get uh, penalised for that. And I'm, and I'm very, yeah, like I said, I think what Darby said is a very good point. There's also things like life insurance and, you know, other kinds of um, well-being insurance and all these kind of other things. And, you know, this, it could be extra information that they pull upon to, you know, decide how you are as a person and to put you into this group so that they can charge you or act upon you in certain ways. So it, it is quite interesting. I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't want everyone listening right now to think that we're all saying that, you know, it's all bad and that, you know, this shouldn't be done and we should all just suffer it, protect our data at all costs. It's important, very much so. And I think that's why, personally, I think that the way that Apple and Google are trying to make it happen is is also um, important because having the ability to anonymize it will stop us from having these issues. Uh, having it on a device that you own that you have control over and being able to just be a stat rather than be a person that's being tracked, then I think that makes it okay. And I would be for that um, because it has been proven in countries like South Korea, that they can keep the curve way down because they've managed to catch people who are the most likely to get the virus next based on where other people are, screen those people, 
if those people then have the virus, then find the next people that are linked to those people. So they've been breaking it down and actually having a strategy about who to screen, when to screen them, rather than just waiting for it all to kick off and then reacting to it. So I think that's been a very useful tool. So if there is a way to achieve that for future viruses, because I don't think this is the only time we'll ever see a virus like this in our lifetime, then um, it has to be it has to be at least researched and, and looked at. If this was going to be a future uh, project, so you know this will probably come at the tail end of uh, COVID nineteen when it starts going to places like England, America, and the rest of Europe. If this prevented, let's say, another one in sixty years time, or you know help people uh, contain a virus, I, I'm all for it. But it's like we have to consider the fact of what is really going to happen with people's data. And I know it's scary times, but you shouldn't be so loose with your data unless you knew or it was um, said or, or light was shed upon that this data was only going to be used for the prevention of diseases and nothing more and nothing less. There's a lot of people that have to talk together. The, the companies creating the technology and that have the devices like Apple and Google have to communicate with every single health organization in all these countries. I mean, if you look at Apple trying to roll out um, Apple Pay around the world, it has been incredibly slow. It's taken incredibly many years. And there's a lot of money in there for companies to make because it's been proven that people who use contactless technology spend more money. It's in their best interest financially to do this. And it's been incredibly slow. You can only imagine that because every country, every healthcare organization within that country has to build their own app that works with this technology who knows when this could be achieved and what the achievement would be like maybe only 12 percent of people in the uk will ever see this being used because they're the only the 12 percent that are applicable we'll be back in just a moment after a word from our sponsor LSW Mind Cards are a pack of 45 individually designed cards, each with a tool or task to help you increase your well-being, boost your mood, and help you move towards a more fulfilled life. LSW Mind Cards are designed to help you become more mindful of your thoughts and feelings and give you the tools that you need to take back control of your happiness, focus on the present, and spread positivity throughout your life. Click the link in the description to find out how you can get hold of your cards today and see if you can take a small step to improve your life. Okay, well, I think this is the perfect time to hand it back to you, the listener. What do you think of this? Please let us know. This is a really important um, topic in uh, the general conversation right now. So get in touch on social media. They're all in the show notes. There's Facebook, there's Twitter. Give us a little follow. You never know, we might be uh, doing a little reward for that in the future, so stay tuned. But thank you very much for listening. Thank you to Martin and Darby for being amazing co-hosts as always. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. And we'll see you guys on the flip side. Adios. See you later. You're tuned in to the Three Pixels podcast.